Hey y'all, Rochelle here. And Lynn. If you like our podcast, be sure to rate and review us on your podcast platform. Or share us on social media so more folks out there can join the Idgits and Aspets family. And don't forget to subscribe as well so you automatically have our newest episodes. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Okay, so uh, today we're talking about season 10, episode 4, called Paper Moon. Um, just real quick, I... Uh, I remember disliking this episode and I think it's because I disliked, you know, this girl's story before her earlier episode, which was what? Bitten? Was that what it's called? I think so. I don't even remember what season that was, but yeah. Um, <laughs> I couldn't well, tell you. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was one of those seasons. that the last couple seasons, right? No, I don't think so. I think it was like seven or six or something. I don't even know if that's true. It wasn't the last couple. I'm probably wrong, but. You know, actually, I think I wrote it down in here, so we'll get there. Uh, (laughs) I just was, like, dreading this episode. Like, every time it was like, oh, it's that one, eye roll, eye roll. And then I watched it, and I was was like, oh, this isn't horrible. Yeah. So I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know. It was okay. Also, it's in Washington. Hey! Yeah. Hey! (laughs) So Washington. Yeah. Okay, so we start out in Durham, Washington. Uh, We're at a biker bar called Panheads. We follow a, <laughs> we follow, we follow a woman into the bar. I, hey, I don't know what panheads means. What does that mean? To me, I just like automatically think of somebody getting hit in the head with a baking sheet. <laughs> oh, like Rapunzel style. Okay, yeah. that's probably not what it is, but probably I like it. Probably not. Yeah. But, no, it's <laughs> okay. <go with> it. <laughs> All right. So we follow a woman into the bar, but we don't see her face. Um, every man who looks at the woman gives her an approving look. <laughs> In a kind of sketchy way. Uh, we see that she's wearing... Lectures. Yeah, a little bit, right? Uh, we see that she's wearing half of a gold best friend heart bracelet um, and that she has red lipstick on. Uh, she continues walking around the bar and then settles on a youngish man who obviously likes what he sees. <laughs> and we cut to outside the bar. The woman like slams the dude up against the wall and rips open his shirt. The biker says, damn, girl after my own heart. Okay. (laughs) I know. Does anybody really complain about that, though? I don't know. I mean, I guess it depends on the situation. I suppose in that situation, you wouldn't. I don't know. I don't think I've been in that situation. Yeah. Yeah, I'm fine with that. That's fine. I don't think I've ever been in that situation either. I know I haven't been in that situation. (laughs) I shouldn't say I don't think. I know I haven't. (laughs) Okay, well, next time you and Travis go to a bar, do it. Okay. <laughs> well. I know it's not the same. Okay. All right. So uh, he says, girl after my own heart. And she says, that's the idea, sweetie. Uh, she puts her hand on his chest, and we see her fingernails grow into claws. The biker guy notices and says, what the hell? She doesn't answer, but instead uh, slashes his throat with her nails. He falls to the ground dead. <laughs> and we get our opening title sequence. D-E-D, dead. Dead, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, so we cut to Sam and Dean sitting in some, like, camping chairs next to a lake. They have the same exact sunglasses on, which I thought was really cute, but they just probably <laughs> picked up from a gas station, right? Oh, probably. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're drinking beers. Baby is parked nearby. Sam's arm is still in a sling. Dean says, hey, something I need to ask you. Sam says, shoot. Dean says, you've been kicked, bit, scratched, stabbed, possessed, killed. 
I also just want to interject myself and say, and knocked unconscious 8,000 times. God, no kidding. <laughs> Dean says, and you sprain your friggin' elbow? <laughs> Sam says, dude, it was more than a sprain, all right? And it was a friggin' demon. But Dean says, what? That sling come with a slice of crybaby pie on the side? <laughs> Sam smiles. <laughs> Dean smirks and says, please. They laugh, and then Sam looks seriously at Dean. Sam says, how are you doing? Dean says, golden, man. Sam says, come on. Sam gives Dean a concerned look. <laughs> and Dean says, seriously, I'm good. I am. You know, we got three more cases of this stuff on ice in the trunk. Uh, taking some wee time. Best decision we ever made. And then they, <laughs> they clink beer bottles and toast. Sam says, hear that. Uh, the boys take a swig of their beers and relax in their chairs. Dean says, see that thing in the paper this morning? Sam says, maybe it was an animal kill. Dean says. <laughs> we have the same thoughts. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Dean says, it was three kills, and it was in the same town, all within the last month. Sam says, yeah, you're right. We should call some guys. Have them fix it. Dean nods and says, good, smart. Sam says, done. There's a pause, and then Dean says, or we could be at an out. It's a milk <laughs> run. <laughs> Sam says, right, because that happens never. Dean takes off his sunglasses and says, look, Sam, what we're doing here, it's good, okay? You and me hanging out, but I need to work. I need this. Sam, I need this. That's how he says it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry, my brain went to some interesting places. Um, Sam <laughs> takes his sunglasses off and frowns. He says, if things go sideways, I mean like an inch, you got to give me the heads up. Dean says, done. You got my word. And then Dean quickly stands up and carries his chair over to baby. Uh, while Sam frowns, uh, we cut to the King County Sheriff's Station. Hey! Hey, King County! Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sam and Dean are dressed as game wardens. Dean hands over his fake ID to the sheriff. Uh, the sheriff says, gentlemen, well, I'm not going to lie. We're damn good, glad to see that. We're damn glad to see you. I noticed that the sheriff... Damn glad! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The sheriff has a super hillbilly accent, and I was like, do people think King County, Washington is like hillbillies. And then I was like, are we hillbillies? <laughs> like, isn't Seattle in King County? Yes, so it like... is. Yeah. Mm. So I, I actually, I remember, because this was a while ago that I did this, um, I looked up the, the cities and towns in King County. And yeah, there are some hillbilly-ish areas for sure. Oh, I'm sure. You know? yeah. yeah. Okay. And the place where this is supposed to take place. Well, I don't think it's a place any longer. It, it was, right? Yeah. And, um, and it is kind of out there in that area uh, that I would call yeah yeah for sure it is so I guess sure whatever I was a little bit like what the fuck but oh well okay. <laughs> yeah okay um bom, bom, bom. where am I um okay uh the sheriff says you boys must come up on stuff like this all the time Dean says oh yeah Sam says oh yeah Dean says yeah definitely the sheriff <laughs> says hell seen raccoons in rec rooms and bears in swimming pools but this you tell me. Dean says, yeah. The sheriff pauses, waiting for an example. Dean finally gets this and says, oh, well, uh, where do we start? What with uh, logging? Sam says, ice caps. Dean says, Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the sheriff's not really buying it. Those bastards. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> Dean gets really flustered and says, Obama. <laughs> Sam says, you know what? Maybe uh, maybe you could walk us through the attacks. 
Any similarities? Anything weird? The sheriff says, only thing weird about them was how similar they were. Folks torn clean through. Hearts absent. Dean says, hearts absent as in, the sheriff says, consumed most likely. Dean says, and there were no witnesses. The sheriff says, well, the town square attack, the parking lot, those were real late. But the bar, hell, with how jammed the place was, you'd think somebody other than Tommy would have seen something. Dean says, and what did he see? The sheriff says, honestly, not much. Now, Tommy ain't exactly what we call a reliable witness. And he's telling everyone who will listen, he saw some girl go up back with Barker. And she got torn up, too. Dean says, so there was a second victim. The sheriff says, well, sure, except Tommy's a drunk. There's no body, no DNA, no blood trail, no nothing to suggest that. Uh, a deputy approaches and hands the sheriff some paperwork. The sheriff says, give me one sec. Sam says, yeah, and then both officers walk away. Uh, the boys discuss quietly. Dean says, heart's missing. Sounds wolfy to me, right? Sam says, yeah, pretty brazen, even for a werewolf. Dean says, you think it was the girl? Sam shrugs and says, let's find out. So we cut to uh, the panhead bar. <laughs> Sam and Dean are sitting at a table. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, I like Flynn Rider so much. Or Eugene, whatever his name is. <laughs> That's I don't know, whatever. Yeah. Is. Zachary Levi, we'll just go with that. Yeah. Okay. Um, <clears throat> So Tommy says, yeah, Barker and I have been raising hell, chasing tail, and riding for a long time. Part of him always knew when his clock ran out, it wasn't going to be pretty. To go out like that by some animal just ain't right. Dean says, you mind, uh, you mind, us, you mind telling us what went down? Tommy says, it was just another party, you know. Barker went out back. The next thing you know, everyone's yelling and screaming, and he's all torn up. Sam says, now the sheriff mentioned you thought there might have been a girl involved. You think she was killed too? Tommy says, nope. And he shakes his head and drinks some beer. <laughs> Dean says, so there was no girl. Tommy says, couldn't say. And he shakes his head again and gives Dean some nervous side eye. <laughs> Sam says, you know we're not cops, right? Tommy says, badge is a badge. Dean says, well, you should also know that working outdoors the way we do, we see some, some pretty weird crap. Stuff that we can't explain. I mean, hell, half the stuff, we wouldn't have believed it ourselves had we not seen it together. Tommy says, well, you don't have to live in this town, mister. You don't have to deal with a ridicule. Dean says, I'm just saying, that crazy might not be half as crazy as you think. Tommy says, so, if someone were to tell you they saw a ghost, you'd believe that? Dean says, just assume we believe everything. <laughs> Tommy. <laughs> yeah, the weirder it is, the more we're probably going to believe you. <laughs> yep, yep. Tommy says, okay, then. The other night, I was taking a ride past old Sturgis Farm, you know, thinking about the rides me and Barker used to go on. I saw her, man. Sam says, saw her who? Tommy says, the girl. Dean says, what, after the attack? Tommy says, hell yeah. She was just standing there, all bloody, watching me. So, so I turned the hell around, and I ran back, thinking, damn, you know, she, but she was gone, like gone. Sam says, like a ghost. Tommy says, no, I don't give one red cent in hell what the cops say. She was there. She was eaten. She's a freaking ghost. <laughs> so we cut to nighttime on an old farm. The boys pull up and baby. They get out and look around, leaving baby's lights on. Uh, they have their guns out. Sam says, ghosts don't shred people like that. 
Dean says, yeah, well, this flea bag looks like she ain't done chowing down on Sons of Anarchy just yet. Sons of Anarchy just yet. <sighs> Sam says, guess she likes bad boys. Dean says, well, wait till she gets a load of us. So they turn on their flashlights and walk towards a barn. Dean gestures with his gun for Sam to go around the back while he takes the front. So Dean continues and finds several dead chickens scattered on the ground. When he reaches the door, there are deep claw marks across its surface. He goes inside and shines his flashlight around. And then he clicks off the light when he hears a quiet voice. We see a woman from behind. She is wearing the same bracelet as the woman in the opening scene. And she's on her phone. Uh, the woman says into the phone, stop ignoring my calls. Pick up the phone and call me right now. This isn't how it's supposed to go. Look, I've been down this road before, and I'm not going to. And she stops talking and sniffs the air, then suddenly runs away from Dean. Uh, Dean runs after her, and she runs straight into Sam, who catches her. Sam points his gun at the woman, but hesitates because he recognizes her. Dean says, what? Sab? Sab? <laughs> <laughs> Sam grabs the woman and spins her around to face Dean. Dean says, Kate. And then we get a flashback to episode eight. Uh, no, season eight, episode four, called Bitten. Hey, okay, season eight. So you were right. I was wrong. <laughs> okay. okay. That felt like it was like season six, but okay. I have no idea. <laughs> I, yeah, you okay. could have told me it was season two, and I would have been like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was like, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Um, okay, so we get our flashback to the boys uh, watching the found footage made by the woman, documenting how she, her boyfriend, and his best friend were turned into werewolves. Um we cut to a short time later. The boys have tied Kate's hands with rope and secured them to the rafters. Kate says, I know who you are. Dean says, congratulations. Kate says, after what happened at school, I thought you'd let me go. Sam says, yeah, well, that was before you started dropping bodies. Kate says, what? Dean says, guy at the bar saw you before you went all Wolverine on his buddy. So, surprise, here we are. Sam says, Kate, you said you were going to go straight. What happened? Kate says, I guess things change. Being this, I tried to be strong, but the hunger was too much. Too hard. It's not like anyone gave me a handbook on how to be a werewolf. Dean says, looks like you're doing a pretty good job so far. Break some hearts, then you eat them. Kate says, I know, really? <laughs> Kate says, I was on my own. I evolved. Sam says, so that's what you call killing innocent people. Kate says, Whatever you're going to do, just do it. Uh, the boys look at each other. Then Dean pulls back the hammer of his 45 and points it at Kate. He hesitates for a sec, uh, and Sam puts a hand on Dean's arm to stop him. Dean uncocks the gun, and Sam and Dean step away to chat. Sam says, hey, you know what? <laughs> we need to talk. Have a little bitty talk, yep. <laughs> Sam says, hey, you know what? Let me do it. Dean says, Why? Uh, as they talk, we see that Kate is using one of her nail claws to cut through the rope she's tied up with. Uh, Sam says, because I think you should sit this one out. Dean says, what are you talking about? Sam says, you're not ready, Dean. Uh, Sam's phone rings. It's the sheriff. Dean turns to look at Kate, who stops clawing through the rope. <laughs> Sam says, hello. The sheriff says, Warden, we had another animal attack over at the high school gymnasium. Guy was a security guard. Same as a same M.O. as the other three. Sam says, when? The sheriff says, deputy said the victim's blood was still warm when he got there, so had to be less than an hour ago. Sam says, of course. Thank you. Um, I'll be in touch. Sam hangs up the phone and looks at Dean and says, we got a problem. 
Jean says, what, besides a werewolf Barbie over here? Sam says, yeah. Uh, in the background, we see Kate is still, what does that say? Slice, okay, still slicing away at the rope. It looks like I wrote sticking away at the rope, which does not, make, <laughs> I don't know what that means. But. I'm not going to get very far with a stick. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, she's almost free. Sam says, there was another kill across town just before dark. Dean says, well, how did Kate get her murder on? And they get back here before, uh, you don't think she did it. Sam says, look, I don't know, man, but as far as I'm concerned, uh, suddenly the rope snaps and Kate runs right out of the barn. Dean says, damn it. <laughs> so we cut to a short time later. Um, the the boys, oh, the boys are going over to the to baby. <laughs> Sorry, my notes are crazy right here. Lots of squiggles. Okay. <laughs> Dean says, all right, if she's not icing people, then why play the big bad wolf? Sam says, maybe she's running with a pack, you know, trying to protect them. Dean says, well, a hell of a price to pay. She was about two seconds away from taking a dirt nap. Dean pulls a pink phone out of his pocket. Sam says, what is that? Dean says, it's her phone. Let's see who she was booty calling when we pulled up. He presses redial. And a female voice on the phone says, thank you for calling the Lincoln Motel. Can I help you? Dean hangs up and the boys get into the Impala. So we cut to a short time later. Uh, Sam and Dean are still in the car talking. I think I just said Sam or Dean. Sam or no. Sam or. Dean says, so what's this about me not being ready back there? Sam says, I'm, I wasn't trying to start something dean i was just saying i thought that was the whole point of us taking a break you know dean says oh no no yeah i get that and you know there's no worries here sam says okay dean says but i gotta ask what about you sam says what about me what dean says are you ready sam says why wouldn't i be ready dean says lester sam says lester uh, and then we get a flashback to when Sam was searching for Dean after he became Deanman. Uh, we see Sam sitting at a bar with Lester as he complains about his wife. Lester says, my wife kicked me to the curb. We haven't had sex in four months, but not that she, but not that she hasn't been having plenty. Sam says, uh, it is possible that you can have your revenge. Uh, then we flash to a crossroads where uh, a demon has been summoned. Lester is in the center of the road, and Sam is hiding just out of sight. The crossroad demon says, who summons me, and for what purpose? Sam hurries out from behind a tree and says, Lester, don't. But Lester says, kill my wife, and my soul is yours. Then we flash to Lester sitting in the car with Demon Dean. Lester says, who are you? Dean's eyes go demon black, and he punches Lester in the face. Lester says, "Uh, ow, you're a punk-ass demon, and you work for me now. Dean looks at Lester and stabs him in the chest with the first blade. Or, as I said before, gently glides it in his chest. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I said it, and I meant it. Okay. Okay, so we cut back to real time in the Impala. Sam says, you're serious. This is about Lester? Dean says, uh, don't get me wrong. I'm not... I'm not trying to start anything either, okay? I'm just saying, maybe maybe we ought to talk about that. Sam says, okay, except there's nothing to talk about. Dean shrugs and says, okay. Sam says, okay. Uh, there's an uncomfortable silence. And then Dean says, I just figured since we're opening up veins that maybe you'd want to talk about the guy who you made sell his soul. <laughs> this is a little ridiculous, I think. Like, I mean, really? 
Yeah, it's a little, little petty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, okay. Like, okay. Uh, uh, Sam says, the guy you then killed, right? I mean, that's the same guy we're talking about. Dean says, I was a demon. Sam says, oh, you were a demon. Oh, I didn't realize that. Dean says, hey, man, Lester was going to pay for that soul shake sooner or later. So technically, it's still on you. Sam says, what do you want from me, Dean? Look, I, I'm not happy about it, okay? But I needed to find you. So if I had to bend a few rules, Dean says, go dark. Sam says, go dark, sure, label it if you want. Dean says, look, man, again, I'm not complaining, okay? In fact, I'm doing just the opposite of complaining. I just, you know, between Lester and the others, Sam says, there weren't others. Dean says, okay, either way, maybe we both needed that time off. This is good. This is good. Sam says, yeah, okay. <laughs> this argument is great. I'm literally loving this right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm loving this for us. <laughs> so we cut to daytime. Uh, the Impala is parked in the drive of a motel. Dean is seated in baby, watching the door to one of the rooms through the side mirror. Sam is inside the front desk area. He returns to the car and says, all right, so the uh, clerk says a blonde rolled into room three just before sunup. Dean asks, she alone? Sam says, he thinks so. They notice a woman leaving the room Dean was watching. She locks the door and walks away. Um, uh, Dean says, she's on the move. And so they follow her on foot. Uh, we cut to a park. The boys are following the woman down a trail. There's like joggers and people walking all around. The woman turns down another trail while following a jogger, and Sam and Dean creep after her. Sam says, what's she doing? Dean says, looking for breakfast. Um, they follow the woman down the trail to find her sneaking up behind the lone jogger. They pull out their guns and point them at the woman. Dean yells, Kate! Sam says, it's over. The woman turns around, and we see that as it is in fact not Kate, but another blonde. Uh, she looks at them in shock and freezes and raises her hands. She says, oh, God, please don't. I'll give you anything you want. Sam says, where's Kate? The woman says, who? Dean says, you were just in her motel room. The woman says, what? That's my room. Dean says, why were you following that guy? The woman says, Robbie, I know him. I just wanted to surprise him. Sam says, test her. The woman says, test me for what? And then I want to be like, VD, bitch. But I didn't. <laughs> I mean, I guess I just did. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Dean puts his gun away and pulls out a silver knife. The woman says, no, help. Somebody help me. Dean says, just take it easy. The woman wolfs out. No, that's not right. The woman uh, whispers, I don't want to die. And then she suddenly wolfs out and grows fangs and claws and her eyes turn yellow. She attacks them and jumps on Sam and straddles him and starts to choke him. Uh, Kate suddenly appears and grabs the woman from behind and tackles her off of Sam. Kate says, stop it, stop it. Uh, the woman runs away. Dean aims his gun at her, but uh, Kate puts herself between the gun and the woman. Kate says, don't, she's my sister. Um, there's lots of, you know, dramatic staring and music. What? <laughs> yep. <laughs> So we cut to a few moments later. Dean comes back to Kate and Sam. They're still on the trail. Dean says, I lost her. He aims his gun at Kate and asks, Kate, why is your sister a werewolf, huh? Sam says, hey, hey. Dean says, why? 
It runs in the family? (laughs) (laughs) Sam says, let her talk. Dean says, I am. Sam says, then put the gun down. Dean says, why? So she can run again? Nuh-uh. Sam says, she just saved our lives. So Dean lowers his gun. uh, And Kate is giving him big old puppy dog eyes. Wolf cub eyes? What are they? I don't know. Mm, Feel sorry for me. I am a pretty girl eyes. Okay. (laughs) Kate (laughs) says, my sister's a werewolf because I turned her into one. Dean says, okay, this is the part where you help yourself out. (laughs) Kate says, I... I don't care, all right? I'm sick of all the lies. Dean puts his gun away and says, let me get this straight. We let you run because we take pity on you, and you turn around and you start making pups. You start killing people? Kate says, it's not like that. I'm no killer. Dean says, well, the way I remember it from the snuff film that you left us is that you killed your boyfriend's best friend. Kate says, that's because Brian went crazy. I had no other choice. Sam says, okay, Kate, if this wasn't you... Dean says, that's a big if. Sam says, then who was it? Your sister? Your sister do this, Kate? She just stares at them. Dean says, really? Kate does some more silent staring. (laughs) Dean says, you almost took a bullet for her, and you got nothing? Kate shakes her head and says, what do you want me to say? Dean says, the truth. Sam notices that a bunch of joggers are approaching them and says, hey, guys, whoa, okay, can uh, can we take it somewhere else? (laughs) <laughs> we're gonna get given away here what yep. are we doing <laughs> dean says oh yeah sure go grab some coffee maybe some bear hearts <laughs> let's party so they leave uh we cut to a diner the boys are sitting across from kate in a booth kate reaches around to the small of her back and says just so you know brian's the reason i carry this dean reaches for his gun and says hey kate says i'm just showing you something And she pulls out a silver dagger and says, in case I ever lose it, like Brian did, you won't have to kill me. Dean says, yeah, well, saying it and doing it are two different things. Kate says, I'm serious. And whether you believe me or not, I've never hurt anyone who didn't deserve it. And I have never, ever eaten a human heart. Sam says, guess that explains all the dead chickens back at the barn. Kate says, I eat what I can find and what people won't miss, hopefully. Small game, deer. I meditate. Yoga helps. Sam says, yoga. Dean says, okay. Kate, <laughs> Kate says, you laugh, but I'll pretty much try anything to keep that side of me under control. Dean says, well, that is great, Kate. It really is. And it's nice to see that uh, this hippy-dippy new age crap has had such a positive influence over your sister. Kate sighs and says, Tasha, she's a different story. After I left school, I was adrift lost not really sure where to go or what to do so i went someplace safe and then we get a flashback to kate's family home kate's family kate wow okay it was a kate's family cave (laughs) 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 okay we get a flashback to kate's family home oh okay uh she watches her family through a window but doesn't go inside kate says i went home but even though I'd be good, I started to think about my family, how safe how safe were they going to be? I was a werewolf. And then, of course, there was you two. What if you showed up and tried to kill me? I couldn't risk that, so I walked away. Never called, never wrote, just started a new life. Until one day, I saw a posting on my sister's Facebook page. Uh, we see a hospital. 
Kate's sister, Tasha, is unconscious in a hospital bed. She's all bruised and cut up. Kate goes into the room and takes her sister's hand, and we see that they both have the best friend Hart's bracelet. Kate says, Tasha had been in a really bad car accident. The doctors didn't think she was going to make it. We were always so close, so I had to go say goodbye. Then it hit me. The curse that I had, that had brought me nothing but pain and suffering, could actually finally maybe do something good. Uh, we see um, in the flashback, Kate closed the door to her sister's hospital room. Kate says, if I turn Tasha into a werewolf, it would heal her wounds. Save her life. Give her a second chance. So uh, I did the unthinkable. At first, I thought I'd failed, but uh, we see the two girls are in a car. Kate is driving. Tasha's in the passenger seat. She's unconscious at first, then slowly comes to. She has a bite on her forearm that heals as she wakes up. And she looks around, very confused. Kate says, even though werewolves heal quickly, it was too late for Tasha. Then she woke up, not sick anymore, but okay. Kate says to Tasha in the car, hi, hey. Tasha says, hi. Kate says to the boys, Tasha had so many questions. What happened? How did she get here? So I was straight with her. The good, the bad, the ugly. What we were and why we could never go back home. And the responsibility we had to control. Uh, that doesn't make sense. The responsibility we had to control, what we'd become. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Maybe it makes <laughs> sense if I said it correctly. I don't know. <laughs> Kate, in the flashback, says to Tasha, I picked you up from the hospital. I'm going to take you someplace safe, okay? Uh, Kate says to the boys, it was a lot to swallow, but we had each other, and that felt like enough. Or so I thought. Um, then we get a flashback of Kate going into a hotel room. There's blood everywhere, and her sister's feeding on a human. Kate says to the boys, my sister, she gave in to everything that I had warned her about. And I knew, even if I couldn't bring myself to admit it then, I knew I was losing her. Sam says, so, back at the barn, that was all just an act to protect Tasha. Kate says, she's family, and yeah, worth eating a bullet for. Sam and Dean look at each other. <clears throat> and Kate says, and she needs me now more than ever. This is my mess. I gotta clean it up. Sam says, and how do you plan on doing that, Kate? Kate says, by getting Tasha out of here. Sam says, she hasn't listened to you yet. Why do you think she's gonna start now? Kate tears up and says, I don't know, but I've got to try. You know, we'll go out into the woods. We'll drop out for however long it takes until she learns to control this. Dean says, a little late for team building, don't you think? Kate says, so what? I just abandoned her? I did this. I owe her, I owe her every chance to make it right. Sam says, what if she never does? Kate says, then I'll take care of it. Dean says, you'll take care of it. You know what that means. Kate says, why don't you go ask Brian? Dean says, <laughs> sassy pants. <laughs> I know. Dean says, well, maybe it doesn't have to come to that. You know, if you had shot straight with us from the get-go, we might have been able to help you a lot sooner. Kate says, what do you mean? Dean says, by curing you both. Sam gives Dean a what-the-fuck look. <laughs> Kate says, shut up. Dean says, yeah, okay, or you're welcome. Kate says, there is no cure for werewolves. Dean says, and for a long time, that was true, but we found one. Kate looks at the brothers very hopefully. Dean says, now that we've got everything we need on our end, uh, okay, but the clock is ticking and we need one more thing. Tasha, unless you want to do this without her. Kate says, no, no, it's a long drive, but I know where to find her. 
Dean nods. Uh, we cut to a short time later. The three of them are outside the diner at the Impala. Sam and Dean are by the trunk talking quietly. Sam says, dude, what are you doing? There's no cure. Dean shows Sam his silver knife and says, there's one. Sam says, Dean, it's a little more complicated than that. Dean says, Kate and Tasha are monsters, okay? Last I checked, we kill monsters. Sam says, right, but how can you blame Kate for fighting for her sister? We do it all the time. Dean says, well, yeah, and that's worked wonders for us. <laughs> Sam, okay, also, you're welcome. Jeez, yeah, okay. like, dude. Okay. <laughs> Sam says, well, we're still here, aren't we? Dean says, yeah, but is it right? I mean, all that you've done for me, I've still got this mark. Sam says, and we'll figure that out. We always do. But you can't take whatever's happened to us or to you and dump it at these girls' feet. Dean says, all right, so what? You want to nuance this thing? Hit me. What's your plan? Sam frowns. <laughs> then we cut to later that night. Sam, Dean, and Kate are in the Impala. Dean is driving. Sam is in the back. And Kate is asleep in the front passenger seat. Sam says, Kate? Dean says, she's out. Sam says, okay, then uh, I got to tell you something. I uh, I lied about Lester. Dean says, what? Sam says, there were others. Dean says, other humans? Sam says, no, no, no. And I'm sure there were a few hunters I rubbed or I punched the wrong way, but no. I pretty much <laughs> saved my best stuff for the bad guys. But you got to understand something, Dean. I watched you die. And I carried you. I carried your corpse into your room, and I put your dead body on your bed. And then you just... Dean says, yeah. Sam says, yeah. Dean says, I know. I guess I was hoping that note would, you know, fill in the blanks. Sam says, don't look for me. That note? Yeah, that was really informative. Thanks. <laughs> Dean says, yeah. I. Sam says, what? Dean says, it's embarrassing, you know. Sam says, what's embarrassing? Dean says, all of it. You know, the... Uh, that note, Crowley, everything. Sam says, Dean, you were a demon. Dean says, I was a demon. Oh, thanks. I, I didn't realize. Sam smiles and says, shut up. Dean says, not to mention, I never even said thank you. So Sam says, you don't ever have to say that. Not to me. Dean says, well, good. Then I guess, guess it's all gravy. Little R&R &R and we're back at it. He nods and then wakes Kate up by tapping her on the arm. Uh, she startles, startles awake. Dean says, hey, how are we doing? Kate looks around and says, we're getting close. Dean says, what is this place? Kate says, ever since Tasha and I were little, we've been coming up to this cabin with our parents. Sam says, now, why do you think Tasha will even be here? Kate says, when she became a wolf, we knew it was going to be hard. So we kind of came up with this escape plan in case things ever got bad. Dean says, so it's a rendezvous spot. Kate says, pretty much. So we cut to the Impala coming to a stop in front of a cabin in the woods. Uh, there is a light on inside. Sam says, now what? Kate says, maybe I should go in first. Explain all this. Dean says, sounds good. Kate tries to leave the car, but Dean grabs her wrist and handcuffs her to the steering wheel with silver cuffs. Kate says, what are you doing? You son of a bitch. There is no cure, is there? I trusted you. It's not her fault. It's mine. Dean says, she killed people. Kate says, because I did this to her, okay? So if you want your pound of flesh, 
take me. Dean says, we'll deal with, deal with you later. Kate says, but she can be saved. Dean says, no, Tasha's in too deep. You don't ever come back from that. Not ever. Uh, Dean gets out of the car and says, come on, Sammy. Kate screams and struggles against the handcuffs. Uh, she says, no, please don't do this. Uh, Sam gets out of the car and Kate says, please, Sam, please don't. Uh, but the boys walk towards the cabin. Uh, Sam and Dean go inside with their guns out. Sam notices family photos on the mantle showing the sisters at different ages. They split up and search the cabin. Sam comes to a bedroom where Tasha is sitting on the bed holding a doll. Tasha says, I can't believe my own sister betrayed me. Sam points the gun at Tasha and says, yeah, except she didn't. Tasha says, you're not going to shoot me. Sam says, and why is that? Suddenly, Dean comes into the room, and there is a male werewolf holding a gun to his head. Dean says, <laughs> that's why. <laughs> yep. Dean says, Sam. Uh, so we cut to a few moments later. Uh, Dean is getting roughed up while Sam points his gun at everyone. Uh, <laughs> Tasha says, drop the gun or Dreamboat here gets his mind blown. Dean says, don't do it, Sam. Then the male wolf hits Dean in the head with a gun and he falls to the floor in pain. Tasha says, well, Sammy. Sam keeps his gun pointed at Tasha for a moment, then uncocks and drops it. Tasha kicks it aside. Kate appears in the doorway after being freed and dragged into the cabin by another male werewolf. Kate says, Tasha, what did, who are these people? Tasha says, Brandon, Travis, I turned them. They're our new family. That's creepy. Here's your family. You've never met him. <laughs> Surprise. Yeah. That's weird. That's weird, Tasha. Okay. <laughs> Dean says, yeah, you're a regular psycho Brady bunch. One of the dudes lurches at Dean with his fangs out. Sam says, hey. Tasha grabs Sam and throws him onto the bed and starts strangling him again. Kate says, no. Tasha says to Kate, you've always had crappy taste in guys. Kate says, Tasha, we can talk about this. Tasha lets go Sam and whirls around to face Kate. Sam gets up from the bed. Tasha says, they were going to kill me. And now you're protecting them? Kate says, no, I'm protecting you. Tasha says, yeah, I'm good. Thanks. So here's how it's going to be. You can walk away. Or you can join my pack. Kate says, I'm not walking away. Tasha says, then prove you got what it takes. She looks over at Sam and says, eat his heart out. Kate looks at Sam. She looks like she's considering it. Sam says, Kate, you don't have to do this. Tasha says, no one's talking to you, Paul Bunyan. <laughs> I like Which, that. I mean, <laughs> that's, pretty good. Yeah. That's, pretty, that's a pretty good one. Yeah, I like that. Um, there's some more staring back and forth. And Tasha says, so Kate shakes her head and says, no, uh, Tasha says to the male wolves, take them, have some fun. Oh, and I want a heart to go put it in a doggy bag. The dudes grab Sam and Dean off the floor and walk them into the other room. Dude wolf number one yells at Dean on your knees. Dean says, wow, well, I'm awfully flattered. <laughs> but the dude wolf punches Dean in the face. Sam gets punched in the stomach by dude wolf number two. I think I said dude wolf. <laughs> yeah <laughs> the boys drop to their knees uh we cut back to the bedroom kate says i can help you get better tasha sneers and says oh i am better and smarter and stronger and awesome i'm a freaking superhero kate says who kills innocent people no that's not you you are a good kid tasha says i was weak and scared i let people walk all over me mom dad 
friends, boyfriends, you. But I'm not weak anymore. And I'm not scared. I'm scary. <laughs> okay, Tasha. <laughs> you sound like a dumb bitch ass whore, but that's fine. <laughs> like, okay. <Yeah. laughs> it says, I was trying to give you a second chance. You wouldn't have been normal, but we would have had each other. Tasha says, we still can, but I'm not going to spend my life on the run from people like Mary Kate and Ashley out there. (laughs) (laughs) Which one's Mary Kate and which one's Ashley? I want to know. I don't know. I could never really tell them apart. So (laughs) I can now that they're older for sure. Yeah. Because they've got like, I mean, the last picture I saw of them, which I mean, I don't know if that's current or how long ago that was, but like, yeah, they do look different. They have different hair colors and styles and stuff. Yeah, and I one of them is like way thinner than the other you. one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Not that I pay attention to the Olsen twins. Oh God. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, Tasha says we're strong, Kate. We can go anywhere we want. We do anything we want. And if anyone gets in our way, you don't have to be alone anymore. We can do this together. Uh, we cut to uh, the main room with Sam and Dean. The boys are still on their knees. Dean says to Sam, "You okay?" Sam says, "I've been better." these guys huh can you believe them dean says yeah couple of minor leaguers dude wolf number one says yo you're dead you don't get to talk in fact uh but sam suddenly stabs stubs his toe now that's not what i was gonna say (laughs) (laughs) sam suddenly stabs uh his knife into number two's stomach uh dean pulls out his knife and attacks dude wolf number one but number one deflects it and grabs his arm. Uh, number one goes to bite Dean, but Sam stabs him in the chest. And the wolves die. Wolves die. I want wolves. That's great. <laughs> Dean says, well, welcome to the majors, boys. And Sam laughs. Uh, we cut back into the bedroom. Tasha says, Kate, we're going to be good, okay? We're going to be great. Kate says, I love you. Tasha says, I love you too. The sisters hug, and while they're hugging, Kate stabs Tasha in the back with her silver dagger. Blood trickles out of her mouth, and she stumbles away from her sister. Kate says, I'm sorry. And then Tasha falls to the ground dead. Kate says, I'm so sorry. Uh, Then the door crashes open, and Sam and Dean come inside with their guns out. They see Tasha dead on the ground, and then notice that there's an open window across the room, and no Kate. So we cut to uh, the boys and the Impala driving down a dark road. Dean says, so we're going after her? Sam says, I don't know, Dean. Dean says, but you got to admit, when push came to kill, she did good. Sam says, yeah, so maybe it's a good thing you didn't shoot her. Dean says, really? You're going to Monday morning quarterback this thing? I have no idea what that means. Do you know what that means? Well, so Sunday night football, I'm guessing that it's like, oh, I should have done this. I should have done that. You know, like, mm-hmm. these are the things that, like, we should have okay. done during game time, you know. Okay, that makes sense. That's what I'm guessing anyways. Mm-hmm. Dean says, if you got an itch to scratch, Sam says, Dean, look, we both jumped on this case. I agree. Equal parts blame there. But the whole idea behind laying low was to rest, to try and deal with everything we, everything you went through. Maybe we jump back in too fast. I mean, Dean, you were a demon. You still have the mark. Didn't you ever want to talk about it? Dean says, talk about it. Talk about it how? Sam says, come on, man. Dean says, I am coming on. Sam, look, I know what happened, okay? I was there, remember? I'm not trying to get by it. I just, that's not what this was about. 
Sam says, then what is this about? Dean says, it's about getting back in the saddle, okay? Doing something good, not stewing in my own crap. Sam says, and what if you're not ready? Dean turns to look at Sam, but before he can respond, they hear a ringing phone. Dean uh, realizes it's the phone he took from Kate earlier. He answers it and puts it on speakerphone. Dean says into the phone, well, I'll give you one thing. Pretty damn good at getaways. Uh, we see that Kate is at a phone booth or in a phone booth at a truck stop. Kate says, yeah, well, I decided that living was better than being dead. Sam says, for what it's worth, thank you. At the end of the day, she was your sister. Kate says, no, she wasn't. Dean says, listen to me, Kate. You keep moving, keep your nose clean, and we can stop meeting like this. Kate says, I hear ya. And I will, but I'm not going to promise, because Sam says, yeah. Dean says, see you around, kid. Kate says, I sure as hell hope not. She hangs up the phone and touches, uh, what did I write here? Uh, she touches her wrist, and we see that she's wearing both hers and her sister's matching bracelets. Uh, she leaves the phone booth and walks off down the road. Um, back in the Impala, Dean says, let's say you're right. Sam says, about what? Dean says, everything. Maybe I'm not ready to hunt. But I am just trying to do the right thing, man, because I'm so sick and tired of doing the wrong one. They look at each other pensively. <laughs> and credits. Okay, so um, I only have two thoughts. Um <laughs> One of them's not really a thought, but I just thought it was funny. So when um, Kate's sister brings back the two boys, Brandon and Travis, I just thought that that was really funny because that's Travis's best friend's name is Brandon. And so I was like, oh, they're even together in Supernatural. <laughs> <laughs> that's cute. Did you tell him? No, not yet. <laughs> that's adorable. You guys are werewolf number one and werewolf number two. I know. <laughs> and you don't live for that long. But <laughs> or did they die? They did die, yeah. I was going to say, like, I literally, we just went over that, and, like, now I can't remember. But that's okay, what I, yeah. It wasn't, they, weren't, they weren't around for very long. Yeah. Um, other than that, like, okay, what do they do with all the monster bodies? Do they just, like, start all these fires everywhere? Like, do they bury them? Like, what are they doing <laughs> with all of these bodies? Like, do they just leave them? Because to me, it seems like I don't think it goes so. from, like oh, this person is dead, carcass on floor, to now we're driving away somewhere, you know? Yeah, <laughs> you know, okay. there have been a couple times where they have mentioned, I mean, like, two times in the entire yeah. series where they're like, oh, I'll clean this up to somebody or whatever, but they never, ever have shown it. And, I mean, honestly, do we need to see them, like, Cloroxing everything? No, you know, so no. that would just be a big time suck. But every now and then they should show like a body on fire or a grave you, you know think. what i mean you, yeah it seems like, thing. like that would take, i want to know what to do with a werewolf seconds. body once it's dead right yeah it would only take like 10 seconds but maybe it's a budget thing i don't know because they can't like they can't my, leave it no, they can't leave it they can't leave it they can't put it somewhere somebody's gonna find eventually because right. here's the thing is that that's not finding a human it'd be one thing if it's finding a dead body they're not you know so like yeah. what are they doing with them all that's what i want to know yeah, but, I they must they must burn and bury or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. And there's got to be different ways to get rid of different things, you would think. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I assume that they'd they'd have to burn it so there's not, you know, that evidence of the supernatural, right? Yeah. So, that makes sense to me. 
That's what I do. Like, do they all burn? I don't know. Probably. I feel like I need to know. (laughs) I think they're flammable. (laughs) I'm pretty sure. I mean, with enough gasoline, you know, like. Yeah. Most things would probably burn, right? So there's (laughs) that. But anyways, that was my only thought that I was just like, where do they put the bodies? What are they doing with them all? So Yeah. 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 Anyway. um, (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. I don't know either. Um, What was your favorite moment from this episode? All right. Well, there are two moments that were not awful. I mean, okay, this wasn't an awful episode, but there wasn't a lot of fun things in it I guess yeah it didn't really further the plot very much either you know what I mean yeah. so mm-hmm. um kind of but, a filler episode yeah which is fine you know mm-hmm. um so one was um that beginning scene with the boys uh where they're sitting by the lake with their sunglasses on and drinking beers and mm-hmm. um it reminded me of how I don't remember if it was Jared or Jensen but um at one of the cons a long time ago they I think it was Jensen said that um uh, you know, he just wants an episode where the boys are just like chilling on the beach in Hawaii, yeah, just, like, <laughs> vacationing, and that's it. Yeah. And like, yeah. I think everybody who is a fan of that show would love to see that episode because that's mm-hmm. a good time. Uh, yep. But it did kind of remind me of like, oh, they're sitting on the water, at least relaxing, you know. Um, <laughs> and it was it was cute to see them. You'd be like, oh yeah, like this is great, this is great, this is what we need. Hey, did you see that thing in the paper? Like, we got to like figure that shit out maybe we should go hiking and yeah so I like yeah. that that was cute how they went about it um, yeah and cute that they both like read up on that you know what I mean possible yeah. that yeah that's cute and then um another part that while this isn't like great or anything um I remember thinking about it a lot which is um where you see like kind of Tasha at the end um where Kate's trying to tell her like you know this is okay. Like we can fix this. And she's basically like, no, like I'm good. This is me now. You know, mm-hmm. this is, this is how it's going to be. And she's talking about how like she used to let everyone walk on her and blah, 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 blah. And now she's awesome. Now she's a superhero. And I was thinking like, clearly this is a big personality change for her or, yeah. <laughs> or Kate would not have turned her. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I was like, God, I wonder what I would be like, you know what I mean? Like, if I got turned yeah. into a werewolf and had all these, like, urges, like, if I would, like, give a fuck or if I would, like, be Kate about it, you know? I'll, we all have hopes that we would not be Tasha, but, like, yeah. would we? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like the animal kingdom is a rough place, man, you know? Like, yes, that is accurate. Yeah. The animal I mean, not that we aren't, but still, if, you, if we were, like, actual animals, like, oh, yeah. not human animals, but, like... Critter yeah, animals. right. Yeah. <laughs> Some variety that, like, you know, they don't think about, like, is this good or bad? They're just right. like, I'm hungry. I'm going to eat. You know, exactly. like, I'm tired. Yeah. I'm going to sleep. You mm-hmm. know, like, yeah. so I don't know. Depends it would be, on, like, yeah. It would be interesting to feel that much power, I guess, you know, yeah. where, like, where you, if that would be a, a bigger, better feeling than your you know, humanity or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I was just thinking about that. Like, God, I wonder if I would sound like a horrible, terrible jackass like she does. I hope not. Oh, no. I feel like most do. Uh Uh-huh. Just because that's how it goes. Right. So, I don't know, like, erring on the side of, like, the statistics. (laughs) Probably, you know. Oh, that sucks. But, you know, like, eh, you never know. 
Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that was it. Yeah. <laughs> what was your favorite moment? <laughs> um, I didn't really have a favorite moment because this, you know, it is yeah. it was a decent episode. But I just didn't really have a favorite moment. But so I'm going to say my favorite moment was that they were in King County because yeah, I they watched it. That. So yeah, that was kind of fun. Cool. It was, yeah. But, Agreed. Yeah, <laughs> that was it. Um, so our interesting facts. Um, it says uh, the scene where Sam and Dean are sitting and drinking beer uh, is the setting where Jared Padalecki's ALS Bucket Challenge was filmed. So oh, yeah. this is back in the Bucket Challenge era. This was right. probably, when was that, like 2014, 15, something like that? Uh, yes. No. <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're in season 10 and they started in 2005. So, yeah, that makes sense. 2015. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it says, uh, in the beginning, Sam and Dean are sitting near water, relaxing and drinking beer. Um, when the camera zooms out, there's a sign that says no hunting. <laughs> uh-huh. I like it. Uh, I didn't notice that. Okay. Um, so it says Sam and Dean enter King County Sheriff's Department. Uh, while an actual place in Washington, this is also the same name as the Sheriff's Department that Rick Grimes from The Walking Dead uh, works out of. Uh, I did not know that. Did you know I that? I didn't know that. I don't watch The Walking Dead, so. Ah, <laughs> uh, I don't remember. Interesting. Okay, keep going. Um, so it says, uh, this episode takes its title from the Ryan O'Neill slash Tatum O'Neill movie Paper Moon from 1973. I've did not seen that. Okay. Never heard of it. <laughs> um, it says, the phrase Paper Moon, um, is implying something, um, wait, the phrase huh? Paper Moon implying something not real comes from the 1933 song popularized by Nat King Cole, It's Only a Paper Moon. That was a weird sentence. Was okay. Anyways, um, in the song "A Paper Moon," a cardboard sea, a canvas sky, a Barnum and Bailey world wouldn't um, be make believe if you believed in me. This is just a whole weird. I don't know. Okay, whatever. It says a subtext of "Paper Moon" is that it might be true with enough faith. Okay. That was a weird one. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Didn't make much sense, but that's okay. Um, so it says, uh, Tasha refers to Sam as Paul Bunyan. Uh, Paul Bunyan is a giant lumberjack in American folklore. I mean, yeah, that fits to me. Mm-hmm. Really well. And he wears a flannel. From what I, I remember, he, like, chops down trees and has a big pet bull, you know? Like, yeah. I mean, you know, I wouldn't say a pet bull, maybe, but there's a big bull that hangs out with him, <laughs> from what I remember. Or is an ox, maybe? I don't remember. I don't remember either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... So it says this is Kate's second appearance on Supernatural. Um, she was in episode eight se- or season eight, episode four, Bitten, um, which is where she changed into Werewolf. Mm-hmm. Um, it says uh, the actress who plays Kate's sister Tasha, which is Emily Tennant, um, previously appeared in the episode Supernatural Fallen Idols um, as par- as a Paris Hilton fan. <laughs> okay, that's funny. Um. So it says, oh, I think we're going to get our Panhead situation figured out. Okay. Yay. Opening scene is at Panhead Biker Bar. From 1948 to 65, Harley-Davidson motorcycles used two-cylinder engines that were topped with rocker covers um, that looked like upside-down soft pans. These were called Panhead engines um, and were respected, almost revered, by hardcore Harley riders. Um, In keeping with the custom of naming serious fans um, X-Heads, Cheeseheads, motorheads, muscleheads. I see, yeah. 
Um, you could call panhead or panhead fans panhead heads, but that would be awkward. <laughs> it's already a little awkward. Yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and so oh. it says, uh, Primo Allen, um, who plays Tommy, um, previously appeared in the episode uh, Supernatural Appointment in Samara as gunman. So he was a. Okay. A guy with a gun. gun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. That was it. <laughs> cool. So for our research, um, we are on seattleterrors.com. Um, and this is the Black Diamond Cemetery. Oh, yeah. I have <laughs> been there, but I will tell you about that when you're done. I've been to Black Diamond plenty of times. I've never been to the cemetery. <laughs> um, so it says, uh, the Black Diamond Cemetery is just a short drive away from Seattle, located in the mining town of Black Diamond. Um, the graveyard is known for some spooky haunts, with locals claiming that the ghosts of the miners buried there long ago are still haunting the cemetery. There have been several claims of ghostly apparitions swinging their lanterns around, strange voices and whistling, and even a phantom horse weaving in and out of the tombstones. Um, some claim to have rational to have rational explanations for the haunts while others are convinced that it's ghosts uh, paranormal investigators have surveyed the graveyard and have produced mixed results adding to the mystery uh, the black diamond cemetery is notable for its history being home to miners uh, of diverse backgrounds from countries like italy russia and australia uh, the cemetery features the grave of several miners who died in an explosion and the victims of the influenza and smallpox epidemics of the early 20th century um, so it says the black mine or er, black mining. Oh, oh lordy, here we go. Okay, the black <laughs> diamond coal mining company was established in 1884 after the merger of two other mining companies in California. The company was huge, establishing three towns and a wharf in the Bay Area. The company first established itself in California before moving up to Oregon. Uh, then they founded the mining town of Black Diamond in Washington, located just an hour south of Seattle. Um, depending on traffic, maybe a little less, but eh, no, probably about the same. Probably the same, yeah. Depends on where in Seattle. And is it rush hour? It depends. You I know, because rush hour, let's go with two, three. Yeah. I don't know. It depends. <laughs> um, so it says uh, the mines in Washington produced higher uh, quality coal than in Oregon and California. So the mines in California were closed and the miners and their families were moved up north. Uh, the area around the old California mines became part of the Black Diamond Mines Regional Reser Preserve. Uh, the coal mines in Washington prospered. By 1904, they were putting out between 700 and 800 tons a day. The prosperity attracted European immigrants looking to find work. People arriving from Wales, Italy, Ireland, Germany, Russia, and Australia all found plentiful work at the Black Diamond coal mines. Uh, with demand for coal declining by the early eight, or 1900s, the company decided to sell the mines. The mines at Black Diamond, Washington, were sold to the Pacific Coast Company, which eventually closed the mines. The Black Diamond Coal Company then moved away from the coal business and into real estate, <laughs> changing their name to the Southport Land and Commercial Company. Hmm. Uh, as the Black Diamond Cemetery was established in 1884 as a graveyard for the coal miners and their families. It served as both a company and community cemetery, meaning it was also open to the ordinary residents of the area. The cemetery covers 3.5 acres and contains about 1,200 graves. Uh, that's a lot. <laughs> it is, yeah. The Black Diamond Cemetery was added to the National Register of Historic Places in April of 2000. 
The cemetery is notable for its diversity, as many of those buried here, there are immigrants. Um, many of the miners came from Wales, Germany, Russia, and other European countries looking for steady work. I feel like it's listed off where they came from, like, three times I think times you said alphabet. that already a couple times. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, it says, uh, one grave contains the remnant or the remains of eight miners who were killed in the Lawson mine explosion in 1910. The cemetery was maintained by a graveyard fee deducted from the miners' paychecks. Um, also, like... So you just had, a, like, eight people that just exploded and you just gathered all the parts and threw them in one, like... <laughs> Maybe they didn't know how to separate them. I that's mean, all that's I fair. Think and, of. like, yeah. tell whose finger is... Yeah. You know, Maybe that's like, why. Maybe it was just too much, yeah. Yeah, they're just like, okay, we know it was these people, but, like, we don't know what parts are who, you know? Yeah. Um, it says, at least one Civil War veteran is buried at the cemetery, as well as several children who died of the influenza and smallpox em- epidemics of the early 1900s. I feel like you said all this already, too. It's very possible. Okay. I'm just reading what it has for me. I know, I know. That's just weird. Okay. <laughs> they're, they're a little redundant in this. <laughs> okay. um, so it says, the Black Diamond Cemetery is known for strange and spooky happenings. The cemetery naturally has a haunted aura, being strangely hidden from public view by rows of trees and thick vegetation. Mm-hmm. The only mark of its existence to passerby is a wooden sign placed by the local scouts club. Uh, the Black Diamond Cemetery is said to be home to the ghosts of the many miners who perished. On foggy nights, many have witnessed strange lights floating over the graveyard. They resemble lanterns, and many um, say that those are the spirits of the miners still searching for coal in the afterlife. Although, some attribute the floating lights to natural gas, a phenomenon called will-o'-the-wisp. Will um, this is when swamp gas combusts and produces a cool blue flame. Mm-hmm. Um, There are several documented cases in wetlands all over the world, such as the Saratoga ghost lights in Texas. Um, Fairies, ghosts, and floating orbs seen in swampy areas are all attributed to Mm -hmm. Will-O'-The-Wisp. According to locals, the ghost of a white horse has been seen in the confines of the graveyard. It usually appears at night and has a glowing white aura. Uh, Black Diamond is a rural area, so horses aren't uncommon, um, but the cemetery is surrounded by a chain-link fence. Oh, I'm going to stop you real quick. You're, I can barely hear you. I'm not sure what's going on. You sound muffled and freaking up. I was getting some static on your end. Hmm. Okay, well, uh, maybe just repeat that last sentence. I think that's fine. Sorry. Um, you sound fine now. Chain link fence? Yes. Okay. Um, okay, so it says the cemetery is surrounded by a chain link fence. Um, historically, the graveyard was surrounded by a stile, which allowed humans to cross, but not animals. What's a stile? Um, if it's what I'm thinking it is, it's like a cattle grate. Oh, like, oh, yeah, I know what that is. Okay. I don't know, but I don't know if that's what that, those are called. So I could be totally lying to you. Okay. Um, so it says a horse finding its way into the cemetery is highly unlikely. Mm-hmm. Uh, perhaps the horse belonged to someone laid to rest in the graveyard and has remained by his odors, si- o- odors, <laughs> his owner's side in the afterlife. Oh, no. So it says other unusual occurrences include disembodied voices and whistling coming from certain graves. Um, Many say that it's the ghosts of the miners who like to spook some of the visitors to the Black Diamond Cemetery. I mean, if you had nothing else to do because you're dead, might as well spook some people. Yeah. (laughs) Um, 
So it says uh, the Black Diamond Cemetery has been the subject of a few paranormal investigations, although they haven't found anything definitive. Um, Cascadia Paranormal Investigations attempted to debunk some of the spooky claims at the cemetery, but there were a few things that couldn't easily be explained. According to CPI, flash photography taken at night causes reflections from the tombstones, um, as well as airborne particles, which can, be, can resemble floating orbs. Uh, the whistling commonly heard at the graveyard can be explained by the wind howling through the thick vegetation. And a supposed sighting of a horse is probably an isolated incident of a horse actually making its way into the cemetery, which is possible considering the rural environment. Sure, yeah. It says uh, CPI also implode. Implode? <laughs> Did they? <laughs> uh, also employed their ghostly gadgets um, to gather evidence of hauntings at the cemetery. Uh, they attempted to communicate with the ghosts on their spirit box and actually got a few responses. Uh, they then pulled out their ov- ovulus. I thought you were going to say ov- ovulators or whatever. And I was like, <laughs> I don't I don't think that's... They're ovulators. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you need that there. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they pulled out their ovulus, I'm guessing is what it's called, um, a device that reads local EMF patterns to pick up on spiritual chatter. Uh, they picked up a few words, some of which implied violence. Uh, a few members of the investigation crew spotted ghostly apparitions, and the crew claimed that the entire time they felt as if they were being closely watched by an unknown force. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, so I did go to that cemetery uh, in my ghost hunting days. Oh, so yeah? I'm just going to tell you, it was a, it's a pretty short excursion because shit got weird real quick. Um, mm-hmm. So I'll just start this out by saying we were incredibly stoned. Actually, in our ghost hunting, we were very drunk, which is a different kind of experience, really. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're going to be a little bit more risky and rambunctious. Me stoned, anyways, is a little more paranoid and scared and, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know, not quite, you know, not really what you want to be when you're ghost hunting. So, yeah, (laughs) um, it was winter. I know this because it was snowing and the ground was covered in snow. And we thought, hey, Mm -hmm. let's go out to that cemetery. Mm -hmm. Not smart. now, again, I was high. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, 19, I don't know. Um, so, uh, we get there, and I was with um, I was with a couple people who had been there before. It's dark out, obviously. Um, I don't have a lot of memories about getting into these woods, but we were in woods. Um, not, <laughs> you were there somehow. <laughs> we were there. I don't remember any of that. I mean, that was, like, you know... 20 years ago so okay but I do remember the snow on the ground and stomping through woods and snow and you know um, it was a uh, it was interesting we came across um graves that were mm-hmm. open um now in my memory they were like concrete like coffin type shape things that had the tops slightly slid off huh. um, I have asked my dad about this. Um, I'll get to that in a minute. Um, everyone who I was with said, yes, I've been here before. This is what it looks like. I feel like in that article, they might've mentioned that though, because that's really fucking creepy. So I'm wondering if we were not there. Also, why were there open graves in the ground where we were then? Okay. So who knows? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. All of it's making me go, huh, that doesn't work for my memory. But, um, anyway, um, we were walking around and, you know, looking in these graves and, it was all creepy and surreal and weird. And then we started hearing an approaching train. Um, now, I live 
closer to that area now than I did at the time and hadn't really spent much time there. Um, and in my brain, that was a fucking ghost train. Like, <laughs> because it kept getting louder and louder and louder and we couldn't see anything. You know what I mean? And finally, it sounds like it's on top of us. And we were like, dudes, we need to go. Like, yeah. this is just weird. So we leave. And then a, a couple of weeks later, um, I'm not sure how that cemetery came up. I was talking to my dad. And he starts telling me a story about he how he went there when he was a teenager. Um, I did not really tell him my experience fully, um, but he when he went, he was also very stoned. <laughs> 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 and he so he's talking about it. He did confirm those open graves, um, and then he said, but they heard uh, a train approaching them, mm -hmm. and same exact story they got really freaked out and left and I was like oh my god it's a ghost train haunting generations <laughs> now that I live a little closer I realize oh yeah that's just the train track out there okay yeah <laughs> just uh, happened uh, to go at the same yeah, time something yeah. you know right yeah so that's a thing not a ghost train <laughs> I don't know if I ever told my dad that I should <laughs> <laughs> he's probably like this yeah. is creepy but, yeah. Like, actually <laughs> yeah so yeah but also like I mean, those were open graves, but like, would they be like concrete lined like that? All of it is very confusing now that I think about that. Like, that's what I saw. They were open. That's what my dad saw. Yeah. I don't even know. Who, Who knows? knows? Yeah, also, I, maybe we need to go investigate. Uh, maybe you need to go investigate. <laughs> <laughs> go during the day when it's not like train time or whatever. We don't have to be high. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. like, if it's more than just the two of us going and oh, we're no, going during the daytime, like, okay, fine, yeah, whatever. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. I would like to have a, a daytime experience so I can be like, oh, yeah, I really was in the cemetery or I was on someone's fucked up property. I don't know where I was. But, <laughs> yeah. but if your dad said that he was at the same place and that's exactly. where he was, then, you know. Yeah, I know, right? So maybe I'll bring it up again. <laughs> See if his story's changed. Yeah, and be like, like okay, so yeah. what? But what actually happened, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Yeah. Um, so what was your Idjit Arasa moment from this week? Okay, well, I was kind of out of moments that I remembered anyway. Um, so <laughs> I dug deep into one of my greatest hits. This is one of my <laughs> most mortifying moments ever. Um, <laughs> I was in junior high, so I was probably 13. Uh -huh. Um. I was summer. I went with my friend uh, Jamie and her brother, her, her younger brother. He was, uh, God, he was a year or two younger than us. And some of their neighbors, these are all people we went to school with. You know what I mean? Boys mm -hmm. and, you know, whatever. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we were, we sw I was wearing this teeny tiny bikini. I don't know why I thought I could pull that off, but 14, 13 year old me thought, this is what I'm doing. So, um, little, we all have those 14, spring, 13 year old moments. <laughs> yeah, spring bikini, you know? Um, and we, we swam out to this raft or whatever, um, or I don't know what the fuck, like a we floating swam dock out in the middle of whatever water we were on and mm -hmm. got on this little floating docky thing. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, um, we're, so we get out of the water, we're sitting on there, um, and like her neighbor, um, and her younger brother are staring at my chest and Jamie looks over and she goes oh my god and she grabs my one of my you know triangle parts of my bikini top and she pulls it back onto my boob which had been fully out and about 
Oh no! God, I just went. Oh my god! And then I just like dunked into the whatever water I was in, the lake. Or whatever. Like, I was mortified, and everyone kind of giggled, and then we got over it and had a, a fine time. Um, then a couple years later, um, still friends with all these people, and I am hanging out with her neighbor, um, name is Jeff, um, and I don't know where we were. I don't think we were at school. We were somewhere. It was a bunch of people. <laughs> and, and I think he brought it up. He was like, hey, remember that time when I saw your boob or something like that? And I was like, yeah, that was super embarrassing, whatever. And then he he gets like this weird glazed look in his eye and he goes, I remember it so well. It was like out and like, and, and then he starts like describing my fucking boob. <laughs> like, Dude. I was like, oh, and he goes, oh, uh, sorry. And then I changed the topic because it was really fucking embarrassing and weird. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be like, um, excuse you, first of all, like, my boob to all these people here. Also, can you forget about it? Thanks. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's one thing that, like, you don't bring up in front of a crowd, you know? Like, he was a really nice guy. Like, he wasn't creepy or shady or anything. You know what I mean? Like, no, you no, could tell like, that he just couldn't help himself. Yeah. You know the situation. Yeah, you know? I know. Yeah. So, like, I wasn't, you know, he wasn't making fun of me. He got into, like, this weird trance state, <laughs> you know? Did you get the fruit fly? Oh my god, I don't think so. <laughs> Sorry, this thing has been bugging me. I swear this is like this one fruit fly has been alive for like a month in here. I don't know how it got here. I don't know like where it came from, where did he come from, where did he go? I don't know. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this guy, this fruit fly, I'm just it's driving me up the freaking wall. But anyways, continue. Sorry. Oh, no, no, <laughs> I'm just like fucking around out here. Yeah. I just wanted to say like he he didn't have any like shitty intentions by talking about it he really just got like this weird glazed look and couldn't help himself and then realized what he was doing and stopped so yeah, okay he was yeah. I mean he was like 16 at the time like what do you expect yeah talking about your first visual boob or whatever okay <laughs> you know? okay yeah so anyway what was your idiot or ass moment uh, okay so this is so I was talking about how we had to leave Sammy's wedding early oh yeah last um last week but this one was about getting ready for it so we all went out and went and got our nails done together right mm -hmm. so I go and like the lady <laughs> sorry <laughs> this bastard he's so fast oh I got him oh my, oh my god, god. Oh my god. <laughs> wow right there I see him oh Finally, <laughs> my month-long vendetta can be over. Okay. Anyways, um, so we go to this nail place, and the lady did a really good job. Like, I'm going to preface it with this. Like, she did, like, really good as far as, like, the actual, like, paint application, all that sort of stuff goes. Yeah. But, you know, there the thing, the theme with the, uh, the nail colors was, like, neutral, right? So I have this, like, tannish color that I used for my toes, and I was like, okay, like, I want to use a tan that matches this pretty closely, or as close as you can get, but, you know, still looks decent with my skin tone, because sure. I'm pasty white, and tan doesn't normally look that good on me. This one is okay, but I was like, okay, I want to try and, like, get close to this, mm -hmm. and she kept, like, pointing me at all these pinks, right? And I'm like, I'm not doing pink. Like, I want to try and match this. And I'm, like, literally showing her my foot. Like, I want to match this. And, like, 
this lady proceeds to argue with me basically about like what color I should do my nails and like and not in a way of like she was outright arguing with me but I'd be like oh how about something like this and she'd be like "Mm." she's like these and would like point to like different colors or whatever I'm like no something like this and she's like she'd go and like find something else and like find more pinks and go "Mm, maybe like this and it's like Oh my God, I'm pointing to the colors that I want. Like, what? That's weird. I wonder why that happened. She, like, did not want me to do tan. Probably because she thought that I wouldn't look good in tan, which, fine, but also not my wedding. Not, like, I don't care. I'm going to do what me to do, you know? Like, like, you shouldn't even have to tell her twice. You know what I mean? Like, it sounds like you told her more than that. So, I, don't know. I was, that like, seems- kind of going in between a couple different tan colors because I'm, like, oh, I don't really know which one's going to, like, match the best or whatever. And she just, like, kept trying to redirect me to the white. So the best – or not the white, the pink. And so the best one that I could do that she would allow me to do <laughs> was, like, a yellow color, right? Which was, like, okay, like, it's kind of close enough. Like, it's not tan, it's but it's not pink, you know, whatever. Yeah. Like, fine. And so – I was like, just kind of flustered in the moment too. And I was like, I'm giving up. This is what I'm going to do, you know, like, cause at least it's not pink, you know, like I love pink. Don't get me wrong. Would I do pink normally? Yes. But I wanted to match my toes and I feel, I felt like the yellowish color would match more than the tan. Right. So she does my nails and everything and it does not look yellow like it did on the thing. It looks like a cream color or like a white, which I'm like, okay, Oh, you know, like yeah. she did a really good job, but like this isn't my wedding. I do not need off-white nails, you know, like Right, right, right. I know what you mean. Oh, you know, and so after doing all of this and like getting my nails done and doing this whole thing and having to argue with her, I still end up with a color that I'm just like I can't do this, you know. And so I ended up having to just take the regular nail polish that I cuz I got the gel nails or whatever cuz yeah. the regular stuff doesn't stay on and I had to work a day or something like that in between and so I was just like this is going to come off if yeah. I don't do gel. And so I literally had to paint over the gel nails with my regular nail polish <laughs> mm-hmm. to cover the color after I had already like gone and gotten my nails done to then go and like do her wedding and then turns out with at least with this type of nail polish that I have anyways like if you just use the regular nail polish remover or whatever. It takes it off and it leaves the gel completely fine underneath there. And then I just had my yellow nails after that, which they didn't look bad, but it wasn't the color that I wanted for that, you know? Yeah, right. And so that was just kind of frustrating. Like, was I not clear? Like, was I just like a little too wishy-washy about it? And she was just like, oh, she wants me to pick her color for her. Like, did she speak? I mean, did she, I don't know how to say this the right way. Did she understand you? Like, it's a lot of times yeah. it's not their first language. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no, she, me? I think she understood me because I okay. was like, I want to match this. Like, and I was like pointing at my toes going, this is the color that I want, you know? Yeah. And like, I was like, but I just want it. My, my mistake was saying like, I want it to match my skin tone somewhat and just be as close to this as we can get basically. And she just like. She heard, like, oh, I want to match my skin tone and kept, like, going for all the pinks. And I'm like, I need to do tan. Like, this is the color. And I kept, like, multiple times. I was like, this is the color that I want. This is the color that I want. Like, pointing to my toes. Like, look, this is what I want. And she was just like, mmm. And was just kind of like, "Mm, no, you're not going to. No, 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 no. And was, like, pointing me off in different directions. And then she, like, 
the first time she got up and like went and grabbed a couple of nail polishes right and were she was like these are your options basically and like handed me a couple of like pink nail polishes and I was like these aren't these don't go you know like I don't know I don't know it was just like a weird situation like I'm fairly certain that she like was English her first language I don't know but she I know she understood me enough to argue with me about it based off of the whole skin tone thing you know yeah yeah (laughs) but I don't know the whole thing was just weird that's really annoying I don't like listen if I'm paying you to like do this I don't like even if you think the color is awful and you don't think that it matches me at all like doesn't matter that's what I want you know like yeah 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 Yeah. that would really that really frustrate me fuck and it's just like okay really so anyways she did a really good job I will say that like she did a good job but it just was not the color that I was looking for Mm -hmm. so anyways that was my Uh, moment (laughs) that would piss me off (laughs) yeah no I was I was mad about it but also at the same time like at least I had a way of fixing it I just like painted over it so it was fine but still yeah but like then you you know it's just a waste of money basically yeah like why did I even bother I mean I did have the manicure underneath for like a little while you know and I did like it but just not for that right so Ugh, I don't think yeah. I've ever had an experience like that. I've had them take off like half of my, you know, nail, like surrounding nail skin, but like, Ugh. and I'd be like, oh, you know, don't do too much. <laughs> but like, nope, there goes half my finger or my toe. Jeez. But, yeah. But no largely, thanks. Yeah. I've never had someone argue with me about the color. Yeah. So that would really, yeah. Nope. <clears throat> okay, well, thank you for listening to us and our shenanigans. You can email us at idgitsandaspetspodcast at gmail.com. The word and is spelled out. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram under Idgits and Aspets. I said that weird again. Idgits and Aspets, our <laughs> natural podcast. <laughs> Make sure to rate and review us on iTunes and send us your Idgit and Aspet moments for a <laughs> chance to hear your story on our podcast. Thanks again. Thank you. <laughs>